Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. I'm Tammy. What? What? What was that? I heard this voice and it said something like, I'm Mel. And I was like, I don't know that voice. Who the hell is that? <laughs> I, I can just leave if you... <laughs> Mel's back, everyone. You know, I thought I thought you guys like I was cold. I was outside. I thought you guys might give me shelter, a little bit of food, uh, maybe some friendship. I guess not. (laughs) They missed you. I could tell. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We missed you so much. Uh, Well, very exciting news, guys. Mel is back this week. Hooray! Because we have missed her. Uh, Even more exciting, our guest this week is our returning guest. It's Elizabeth. Yay! Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. And you were just saying that this is your third time to Skyping? Skype. It's only my second podcast ever, and that was the first one was uh, Daredevil Season 2. Yay! Awesome. We are, we are very honoured to have you on again. So oh, Thank you. <laughs> so, as I ask everyone, um, have you seen the whole series? Are you watching along with the, the podcast? How much of Luke Cage have you seen? I have seen it all. Um, I was slightly slower watching this than the other times. It took me all the way till Sunday instead of uh, Saturday afternoon by the time I was finished. Awesome. But then I went back and rewatched it this past weekend so I could remember what it was that I had watched. Back <laughs> I'm starting to forget stuff about, like, in the final episodes as well. So I'm like, I'm, yeah, I need to kind of remember what's going to happen. But, uh, no, that's awesome. So did you take longer watching this one? Is that... Um, a reflection of how you felt about the show or how do you feel like the show compares obviously without spoilers to Jessica Jones and Daredevil etc well um I am a big Daredevil fan so that one is my favorite I mean they'd have to do really badly for it to fail for me <laughs> I actually really you're welcome here Elizabeth so, don't listen to the others whatever they say yes, exactly so although everyone else is saying that they like Jessica Jones the best I still like Daredevil the best <laughs> um I'd say this is pretty much tied for me with Jessica Jones. I did like it better than I thought I was going to, mainly because I kept hearing about it having like a hip-hop style and stuff. I'm like, I don't really like hip-hop and I don't like rap, but I actually did get drawn into it. Um, I'm really glad I watched it in a row because they had a lot of cliffhangers that would have driven me crazy. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, I did enjoy it a lot better than I thought. So I I think I kind of had low expectations and then it um, exceeded those. So Cool. That's always the best way to be. Yes. Have no expectations about everything, listeners. Yes. (laughs) Then you don't get disappointed. Exactly. That's why I'm having low expectations about the Twin Peaks series coming out next year, because, yeah, then hopefully it will will beat them. I think that's what you guys are doing as well, aren't you, Matt and Mel? Best to expect the worst. Yeah, exactly. Don't be disappointed that way. (laughs) So I actually have quite a bit of news for you guys uh, this week. Seeing as we've had weeks and weeks and weeks with no news, there's quite a bit. Um, So I'll just go through it pretty quickly. There was some set photos released. Obviously, they're filming the Defenders at the moment. There's been some set photos released of um, Kristen Ritter and Charlie Cox on set. So it was cool seeing like Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock hanging out together. Um, They're non-spoilery, so I will post them on the, um, the Facebook page at some point. Um, But yeah, I was like, it's really happening. (laughs) So I kind of nerded out a bit at those. Mm -hmm. Um, Some news that Matt might be interested in, which is that Rosario Dawson has stated that after some fans um, mentioned it to her, 
She said that if she was asked, she would be honoured to play She-Hulk. Matt, your thoughts? What? what? <laughs> Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Apparently some fans were like, hey, Rosario, you should be She-Hulk. She would be an awesome She-Hulk. No. I think so. I don't so. see it. <laughs> I can see it. Maybe, maybe if I hadn't watched her play this character for three series. <laughs> maybe she's going to like be in some experiment like with Dr. Dr. Uh, Burstein and he's going to turn her into She-Hulk. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, my She-Hulk is never going to happen because my ideal She-Hulk is like Xena era Lucy Lawless and that's never going to happen. So, mm. you know, I'm kind of disappointed. But yeah, she said that she would love to play She-Hulk. Um, so there we go. Somebody's um, got to do it. I know. They Oh, they need to have She-Hulk. She's, oh, she's so awesome. I love her so much. She's Wouldn't great. that be twisting it, though, that, to take her character and kind of force her into the She-Hulk? It would, yeah. I wouldn't I want to see it. that. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I don't want to say too much, because it might comment on some stuff from later in the show. But, yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't, I, I think she would be great. But like Matt said, if she wasn't already playing this character. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I like her as this character. Actually, she's yeah. been my favorite in the season. Oh, cool. Um, so we've also had some pictures released of, uh, from Iron Fist, which are the first official pictures showing Danny Rand, Colleen Wing, um, Claire Temple. So she's, she's obviously definitely an Iron Fist and Joy and Ward Meacham. Um, so I will probably post those on the page as well. I think Matt, you'd probably be pleased at the photos of Colleen cause it's her like looking badass and training and stuff. Is she wearing like a uh, motorcycle outfit kind of thing? No, but I think she, from what I remember, she wore something similar in the trailer, I think. But she's quite teeny tiny. She's like quite tiny. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, she looks good. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. How to look at photos of? of uh... I will let you. Do you know what? It's spirit. It, it's the time of giving. Um, <laughs> This at this time we all need a little light in our lives. Uh, okay. Uh, at the end of 2016, I will let you look at a picture of Colleen Wing in costume, Matt. Hooray! <laughs> Matt, um, you're an adult. Take your control back. <laughs> <laughs> generous, I'm feeling generous. I'm I'm the Santa of the podcast today. <laughs> Um, speaking of Iron Fist, the showrunner for Iron Fist, Scott Buck, who also worked on the last three seasons of Dexter, which I can't comment on because I didn't see them. Uh, yeah, um, he will. Yeah, he worked on the last three seasons of Dexter. And, and, and which show is he working on? Iron Fist. Aye, aye, aye. He's the Bye, showrunner. Iron Fist. Bye. <laughs> ruined already. Oh, well, Matt, um, he will also be running the Inhumans TV show. I didn't have high hopes for that one anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, that it has also been confirmed, because we discussed it before, that it is going to focus on the royal family. So it's going to be Black Bolt and Medusa and that lot. Mm. Hopefully Lockjaw, the giant telepathic dog, will appear at some point. We can only hope. <laughs> but you, you won't be seeing that, right, Matt? Uh, the uh, Inhumans one? Yeah. Is it going to be on Netflix? Um, no, I think it's no, NBC. Think it's a regular TV. Yeah. Then no, I won't be seeing it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I thought you were just going to say no because because uh, of the showrunner. Well, so. Not take it. Um. So exciting news about trailers, uh, not relating to the Netflix shows, but there are going to be two trailers for Spider-Man: Homecoming released tonight. Um. On 
they're going to premiere on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, there's going to be the, I think, the domestic trailer and the international trailer, both showing on that show, which are both slightly different. But even more exciting, it has been confirmed that they are not going to show Spider-Man's origin in the movie. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I read that, I was like, I oh, thank God. I don't need to see Peter Parker being bitten by a spider ever again. It's just like, I don't need to see Bruce Wayne's parents ever get murdered ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's good. I saw good a little news. clip last... Sorry, I, I saw mm-hmm. a little clip last night um, that someone had posted online of, that, of Spider-Man, but it was only like two seconds of it. Yeah, and it's like, um, it's got uh, John Favreau in it as Happy Hogan. Yes. Which is cool. Yes. So it shows that it's kind of still going to have the links to Tony Stark, I guess. Like, Tony's still helping him out. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'll be interested to see the trailer. Spider-Man's not my favorite, but, um, I'm interested to see what, what Marvel does with him now that they've, you know, kind of got the character back. Um, and in other news, they have released the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Have you guys seen it? Yes. I uh, want a baby Groot. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so cute. I haven't seen it, no. They it's, have a little dancing one that you can put on your desk. I know, but I, I want the little one in his little costume. It's like, oh, it's so cute. It's like the cutest thing ever. Um, how is Baby, baby Groot going to be helpful? <laughs> uh, he looks pretty badass in the trailer, so... He looks like he's going to cause all sorts of chaos. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks really good. I mean, it looks like it follows the same tone from the first one, which... You'd imagine because it's um, James Gunn uh, in charge of it again. Um, you've got new characters showing up. They show Mantis in it. Um, already, a lot of internet trolls. Uh, I will say trolls because they've been saying that the the trailer is sexist because it doesn't show enough of Gamora. And uh, I, I don't know. I uh, um, there's a lot of things in this world that's sexist, like. That's so low on the list. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They said it's because she didn't have um, many li- or any lines in the trailer, and it's like she's not that vocal a character. You know, like that's kind of her character. She's the straight she was man. She's jumping with a giant sword. I know. She was being badass the entire trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you always get people complain. Um, so, yeah, that was your news for this week. So, quite a bit. Nice. So I'm going to rest my vocal cords and pass over to Tammy for some Tammy time. Oh, oh, why, hello there. Uh, <laughs> hello, sit down, I will tell you a tale. <laughs> so uh, the title for this episode is Take It Personal. So the Gangstar lyrics that I chose were actually the very first um, verse for the song, which is, I never thought that you would grab me, undermine me, and backstab me. But I can see clearly now the rain is gone. The pain is gone, but what you did was still wrong. There was a few times I needed your support, but you tried to play me like an indoor sport. Like racquetball, tennis, pool, whatever. All I know is that you attempted to be clever. Nevertheless, cleverness can't impress, because now you've been exposed like a person undressed. Because I see through you, because I'm guru. Now that you... Now that you're going to... now, what are you going to do when I step to you? And when I play, when I pay you back, I'll be hurting you. And this ain't no threat, so take it personal. And to me, like, that is exactly mm-hmm. the way Diamondback feels. Yeah, it could also be Luke and Reva, like, you yeah, backstab me and all this. A, I mean, that, yeah, exactly. Like, that that lyric, or that set of lyrics, I guess I should say, um, really defines this episode. So I thought that was really good to match that song with this this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as 
other music, there really wasn't much. Um, there was like some background stuff, but nothing too big. Uh, I wanted to take a moment, really, and just say if you guys are really <laughs> enjoying the music in Luke Cage and want to understand where hip hop came from, uh, Netflix, at least in the U.S., has a series um, about exploring the beginnings of hip hop, and it's a four-part series, and so it's like four hours. I did. I ended up just watching all the episodes back to back. It <laughs> is excellent. It is excellent, and it just tells you everything from the very beginnings of hip-hop so i really want to see it and it's not on netflix over here i'm so annoyed i I couldn't believe it i was like what but i mean it's it's a documentary i guess it came out like as a whole movie documentary and then netflix just kind of cut it up into four pieces um but yeah get on it uk netflix i know you're listening yeah i know I, I told you and Will to watch it because I knew Will would. <laughs> and, and literally, you told me to watch it like pretty soon after I just rewatched Straight Outta Compton. Because <laughs> I was like, I need to rewatch Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, I, I think that's like my only drawback is they didn't get to West Coast. Um, yeah. Crap until like episode four, like the last part. I was like, come on, get to West Coast. <laughs> but, uh, but if you've watched uh, I the Get Down. Which, Claire, I know you have also watched The Get Down. Yeah. If you watch The Get Down, like, the very first episode is all about the very beginnings of hip-hop. Really, rem- I mean, really shows how that movie, The Get Down, um, stayed true to a lot of things that were happening at that time. And uh, it was, it, it's just such a, it really is a great documentary, so. Nice. Um, and also, obviously, because Harlem's Paradise is pretty destroyed at the end of this episode, we're going to have no more music in the show, Tammy. That is sad. I guess I'm out of here, guys. Yep. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so let's get into the episode. So it's episode 10, Take It Personal. Uh, this episode was written by Jason Horwich and directed by um, our old pal, Stephen Sergic. I say our old pal because he has directed episodes in all the series so far and is like the busiest director because he directs episodes of everything. Um, so yeah, I was pleased to see his name on the credits. Uh, Do you know if he's on the next show um, as well, Iron As far as I know, I know he's very busy. I do chat to him occasionally on Facebook. Um, he really wants to come on the show, uh, but he's incredibly busy. Um, so I believe he's worked on both Iron Fist and Defenders, as far as I know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, so synopsis of this synopsis of this episode is <laughs> Luke gets closer to the truth about Reva and her part in his fate, while Mariah wrestles with the morality of her new role. Misty hunts for Luke. Um, so we'll get into the episode. So we begin with uh, where we left off, and Claire and uh, Doctor Burstein are struggling to restart Luke's heart. So Claire MacGyvers it and throws a fan or a heater or whatever it was into the bath to electrocute him. Which, how does she not short-circuit the entire building? No yeah. idea. Because the pa- well, the power comes back on, though. Like, wouldn't it, like, yeah. blow the fuses? Assume it was backup generators. Oh, oh. maybe. Oh. That makes more sense. Also, did she ever pull it back out again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, you would think when the power went back on, he'd get zapped again, but... Yeah, like, this is what kills you usually. I don't, we need Dr. Moira. 
We do need Dr. Moira. Um, we didn't get any feedback from Dr. Moira this week. I imagine it's because she was watching this episode and was just holding her head in her hands going, it's not medically accurate. Ah! <laughs> so um, we'll have to ask her about it next time. Um, but- I, I was just glad that Claire had done all that research on abalone shells. So that was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they knew about the salt. I mean, and they threw why like the, the yeah, the salt work? in there. I don't understand why the salt works. Aren't the why did you get cold when she threw it in? I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I also don't understand that they talked about the temperature last week. And then in this episode, Claire said, everything's the same temperature. You know, last week they said that they didn't know about the temperature because the, you know, that was the one thing they didn't have control of. Then Claire said this week, oh, everything's the same as it was, temperature, all this and all that, it should work. And then they were like, oh, but the temperature's not right. And I was like, but you know this. Like, it was a very, it was very strange. But it also looked like it was boiling last episode. Yeah. And then, But yeah. then this time it was, yes. And I don't know if that was just because they were like, we're trying to show acid, but cartoony <laughs> you know, like cartoon acid always seems to boil for some reason oh it should have been like the acid out of uh, superman 3 you know that like jelly boiling stuff they put in the no. supercomputer at the end <laughs> was like, blah, 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 blah. I, I was confused at that too because i was like wasn't last week the whole thing like she even talked about him being in like almost like being in a deep fryer and i'm like well then that's boiling so like mm-hmm. what's What's the difference? I don't understand. But last, I feel like it's the same thing. Last week, Tammy, it was boiling, but it wasn't steaming. Oh. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> you have a steam boil. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is the difference, because it worked last week for whatever reason. <laughs> so, this room with acid steam floating around in it. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Oh, imagine breathing that in. Oh, oh, oh. Well, um, so there's like quite a big, a big boo-boo in this episode that I didn't realise on my watch. And then it was pointed out to me by one of our listeners, Heath, where he sent me a message and went, uh, do they ever explain this? And I was like, oh, and then I went, no, no, they don't. So did you guys, and I noticed it really obviously this time. So Claire removes the shrapnel from Luke's shoulder, but she doesn't remove the shrapnel in his abdomen. (laughs) Oh, no, well, you got it. No, you got it. Totally you got it backwards. Down. What? Yeah, she did it from the abdomen, and not the shoulder. But then she yeah. bandages up his shoulder. Well, yeah, just because he got shot there. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't yeah, matter, shrapnel is moving around on your shoulder because it's just your shoulder. Who cares? Mm. But <laughs> your lungs and shit, like you gotta. <laughs> but you know. I'm still confused because what they just leave it. Like, why not get that out as well? While yeah, you're well, while you're in there, to... while he's boiling. I guess because it was stressful for her. Also, also, who else was thinking of the operation game as their own? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my problem was she was asking him whether or not there were, the, the doctor, whether or not there were two pieces left while she's looking on the screen to fish out the two pieces. Yeah. So I was like, why are you even asking this question? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still find it weird that they removed half the shrapnel and not the other half. Because then what was the point of him getting shot a second time? <laughs> like, he could have just passed out in the garbage truck rather than... I don't know. I... Mm, I... Mm, mm, that's what I'll say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So, <laughs> I'm giving you a hmm show. So, Misty is examining the photo of Diamondback and wondering who he is. Um, Diamondback is wearing an, a fancy coat and he meets Mariah at his secret location, which is filled with weapons made from the Judas bullet material. And they talk about there like, a lot of breaking it down. Quotes in this scene. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of weird, like, Diamondback quotes. This whole thing about, like, making a a god bleed, you don't have to kill him, just make him bleed, reminded me of um, 300. You know, with, like, Gerard Butler, and he shoots that bloke out of Lost, and he grazes him on the cheek. (laughs) And does that happen in 300, or am I imagining a different film? I don't know. But it's, like, to show that even gods are are weak. (laughs) Or something. I don't know. Um, but basically Diamondback's plan is to sell the fear. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that, that, that sounds familiar to, you know, uh, stuff going on in the world today. Mm. Um, I, I do like, I really, really do like, I mean, cause I'm not, <laughs> still not really hot on Diamondback. Mm-hmm. Not really caring for him that much. But him and Mariah together are really good. But I think it's because the actress that plays Mariah is so good. She's I love so Mariah. good. So I think she just kind of elevates everyone else around her. <laughs> she was the one I thought had the best lines in this section, but since mm-hmm. the, we'll wait for the quote section for that. I know someone who is a big fan of Diamondback is um, our previous guest, uh, Brad, because he basically oh, messaged me after he'd finished the entire show and was just like, I love Diamondback. And I was like, really? see why he likes that he's like he likes that he's a cartoon yeah exactly yeah Yeah. um speaking of him being a cartoon matt as you are a gamer were you excited when diamondback put on his power glove Uh, it's in your notes it's in my notes right here the power glove what a power glove (laughs) i love the power glove it's so bad Uh, flashbacks of the wizard (laughs) <laughs> I haven't commented about it, but I'll wait till later. Oh, awesome. Um, so, yeah, we're like, oh, okay, he's got a power glove. We don't really know what his his plan is at this point. So Claire is cleaning Luke's wound, which is the wound on his shoulder that they left the shrapnel in. Okay. I don't know. I, it, it annoys me. There's shrapnel running yeah, around like, in I there. I put it down. I was like, why didn't you heal his shoulder? But I guess... He, he was, like, barely surviving the surgery. He was, like, going into shock. Well, they told him that they got it all. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> so next time he goes through a metal detector and he, he pings, he'll be like, oh, they actually left some shrapnel in me, assholes. Yeah, exactly. Well, we got it all. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we got Maybe it all. Maybe they got it with just an off-scene. Maybe. So, what's the shrapnel is in? It, it's still cutting him up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, couldn't you, like, if you had, like, a super powerful magnet, couldn't you pull the shrapnel? <laughs> it wouldn't get past his skin, though, unless they dipped him in that whatever again. Yeah. But I thought, like, I thought that his organs were also pretty hard. Yeah. So why the difference with skin and organs? Uh, they basically uh, said, like, Claire said something like, the, the power that made him unbreakable is also what's pushing the bullets into his organs. I know, but the, his organs are just as strong as his skin, aren't they? I think so. No, they're not as strong. It's ah, it doesn't make strong. sense. So he's like, he's kind of like a hard boiled egg. <laughs> 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 I don't make comparison. He's like a monster. 
Because he's squishy in the middle? Squishy on the outside and squishy on the inside. Yeah! <laughs> on the inside. Oh. It's like, just less hard, but still hard. God. That is a really hard boil. How do you hard boil your eggs, Mel? Do you not have the uh, more liquidy in the middle? Mmm, yum, yum, yum. I like my eggs soft-boiled, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Claire is cleaning his wound, and uh, Dr. Burstein's really excited because he says that Luke is... Uh, maybe doesn't age and he's basically a fountain of youth so maybe luke's gonna stay young forever guys that's just like wolverine yeah exactly <laughs> yeah which i was thinking that and i was also thinking have these people not ever watched highlander or amsterdam or forever or anything <laughs> where someone's immortal and doesn't really like it you mean the tv show new amsterdam starring jamie lannister that i may have watched all of yes <laughs> even though i had about six episodes <laughs> Yeah, but he's an immortal yeah. police detective, I want to say. Yes. Ah. Um, As opposed to Forever, where the it's um, uh, the guy from Horatio Hornblower. Oh, and... oh, Reed Richards. I can't remember his name. Yes, and Reed Richards. Yeah. Um, Ewan. Ewan, Ewan Gruffful. Yeah, I was never sure how to pronounce it. It's, it's yeah. Anyway, um, yes, him. He was in it, um, but he is like the coroner. Yeah, and he like wakes up like every time he dies, he wakes up in the river. Yeah. I never saw it. I just remember seeing the trailers. But he was trying to figure out ways to kill himself because he didn't want to live forever. It would be the worst. Like to quote Freddie Mercury, he wants to live forever. <laughs> Not me. Exactly. <laughs> which brings us back to Highlander, which is yet another one. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like even when they were saying last week about like Dr. Burstein was saying about his healing factor and. All this kind of thing. I was thinking Wolverine, and then like when he's going on about the Phantom of Youth and this, I was like, yeah, this is Wolverine. Except yeah. clearly Wolverine ages because now we've got Old Man Logan for the uh, the new X Men movie. Yeah, but that's like two hundred years after he's been around. Yeah, they have to do that though because they they're like, yeah, Hugh Jackman has visibly aged since X Men One. Yeah. Well, in the comic books, he's also old too. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's old. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, the old. <laughs> I'm still not so. I, mm, I, I, yeah, we'll see. I'm kind of, I'll be happy once they can kind of reboot X-Men and they don't have to have Hugh Jackman, even though I love him. I'm like, you know, yeah. give someone else a chance. Um, <laughs> so Luke wakes up and he makes a little amnesia joke. What a prankster. Oh. <laughs> Tell me. He, troll, he trolled me too. Like, you stupid show, you better not do it. <laughs> me too. I was like, if you have him have amnesia, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> um, so next we see adorable Officer Jackie Albini. He's a happy guy. He's just wandering around buying some socks. I think he was buying socks, wasn't he? From this little He's street vendor. He's a creepy looking dude. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he looked like Christopher Walken. So I was like, "There's no way this cop is creepy." <laughs> oh, I thought he was adorable. He's just saying hello to everyone. He's just yeah, like, "Do do do." I'm having a good day. I'm enjoying being alive. But it was all, I was like, it's all, it's all a front. It's all a front. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk me, talk me through this scene, guys, because I got, I got some thoughts on it, where Diamondback becomes a cartoon character and, like, punches Albini across the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hate this. I really hate it. Yeah. I thought it was funny because it reminded me a little bit of, like, I'm Rick James. <laughs> the same way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when he when he states who he is, his name, I 
I laughed because it was just so yes. silly. Yes. It's like, oh. It's an obvious setup. I mean, who would fall for that? Yeah. Exactly. When he's running away and he's just like, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just like when I was saying the other week about like I didn't like Diamondback, it's it's kind of for a lot of the stuff. I can see why Brad loves Diamondback. Yeah. Because I can imagine this being in like Legends of Tomorrow or something, I don't know, or the Flash or like a CW show. But I I just feel like he doesn't fit in with this show. And I think they're trying to do a statement like later, you know, of him setting up Luke Cage, this kind of following on from the whole thing of, oh, he's a black guy in a hoodie and they all look alike type thing, you know, so he can yeah. um, he can set Luke up. But I just, I feel like this doesn't fit in. All of a sudden you have this other guy who's using all this tech to have, you know, powers like Luke. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it, guys. <laughs> no. Can we talk about how the scene is edited together? Yeah, go for it. I found it kind of interesting but also really confusing because it was showing first the perspective of you're actually watching it happen and then Misty looking like she's in the street Mm -hmm. seeing his body but then she's actually back in the precinct office uh, looking at the pictures on the wall so you can sort of see that it's her imagining what had happened as opposed to that you actually saw what really did happen but at the same time it was also a little confusing (laughs) Yeah, it, it does get confusing, I think, sometimes with Misty's powers, where you don't know for a second if she's actually there or not. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of this, Tammy? The, what, the cartoon scene? Or <laughs> yeah, the cartoon Misty? scene. The cartoon yeah, scene. Yeah, I, I, just I just thought it was funny. I First of all, Albini was creeping me out, so I was okay. Oh, he he's and dead, then- <laughs> Tammy. He's dead. He had twins. Nice same age as Lonnie. Oh. I don't care. He looks super creepy. <laughs> Guy just looks super creepy. Look at that he face. Did. He did. I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had a friend on this podcast into you. <laughs> did anyone else find it a little funny that his name is Albini and it sounded like Albino and he was like the only white guy in the scene? <laughs> oh. I'm Officer Albino. I'm Officer White Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's pale, but he's not that pale. And, I, don't know. So I just thought funny. it was funny. They're so funny. Yeah, I just I I don't. Well, I've already complained enough. I don't I don't like that he's Luke's brother. I don't like that. I mean, I think Mel, maybe you brought it up a while back, like uh, or I don't know, maybe Claire brought it. Anyway, the the fact that we had to um make it so he gets shot, like oh no, that was who was it? Who was our guest? Rhiannon. Rhiannon, yeah. Okay, she was saying that she hated that they um, make it, he's bulletproof, and so therefore they had to make a bullet that, you know, can penetrate his skin. Yeah. Why? And this just plays into it, and it's just so stupid, and I just, I don't like this storyline at all. No, I, yeah. I just, you know, and granted, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Diamondback. I like that he's cartoony but I don't feel like it fits this show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I think because of that, because I don't understand why he has to be his brother, because I don't understand why we had to go with bullets, all of this is like the combination of all of it is just annoying. And so like this scene, I just took it as it was, it was a funny scene, whatever. I'm, I'm not feeling the storyline at all. So okay. it didn't, didn't matter. Um, 
So in the next scene, uh, we're in the police precinct and the little sock seller is giving a statement uh, while Misty's <laughs> listening. Um, I think he's a sock seller, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sock seller. Um, and Misty and Bailey are discussing um, the wounds that appeared on Albini. Um, so it looks like he was punched. The punch was severe enough to bend back his Kevlar vest. Um, but Misty really is suspicious. Like- oh, go on. Sorry. Sorry. I really liked the the, um, the witness guy. Okay. I liked the fact that he wouldn't let himself be led into saying that he saw what he didn't actually see or hear what he didn't mm-hmm. actually hear. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to a lot of times they have shows where someone's leading the witness and then the witness, oh, yeah, 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 that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I saw. And I like the fact that he stood for, up for himself and said, no, that's not what I heard. I heard this. Yeah. <laughs> I only heard this. Yeah, exactly. Good old sock seller. Yeah, <laughs> hero of the episode. <laughs> um, Misty's very suspicious because Luke doesn't wear a backpack. Uh, so you can't yeah. start wearing a backpack. Jeez, I, I know. I do think that's a little weak. I'm like, you're not suspicious because the guy yelled his name out uh, walking away. That's far more suspicious. <laughs> that's more suspicious than all of a sudden wearing a backpack. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's really built. Like maybe he's got a backpack full of protein bars. You know. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Exactly. He's got his weights in there. Um, so Mariah is not happy about this new development and is yelling at Diamondback about it. Um, so I've got a question. In this scene, does Diamondback say that he basically considers himself death? Is he being literal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's crazy. Yep. It would be great there if he started really dressing cool. like death, you know, like, like a Grim Reaper. That would be funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, might might as well. He's he's a cartoon already. Might as well just make him look like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I like the fact that when uh, he says like one line and he's really playing up like kind of snake link because yeah. he kind of hissed because he's like, you'd flip this. And I was like, are you are you about to turn into a pile of snakes? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe he is a pile of snakes. He is part of snakes in a fancy jacket. Oh He's embracing his nickname. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, and we kind of get tired of saying it, but I love Mariah in this scene. I love her. He had a good line, um, as a New Yorker, uh, the Sharpton line made me kind of cringe and laugh at the same time. I didn't get that line, so you have to explain it to me. Um, Al Sharpton is very famous for any time that a black person um, is... Um, misused or abused in any way he takes the spotlight and makes it all about him Um. and i mean the the point of it is supposed to be to bring attention to the problem to resolve the problem but most of the time he makes it all about him okay so he's kind of famous for it thank you (laughs) so that line actually uh yeah it made me laugh and cringe at the same time because there's been many times when i was growing up in new york where you'd be watching the news and suddenly there he is. And he's like, you know, it's not always about you. It's about the person that the thing actually happened to. Perhaps you could let them talk for a minute. <laughs> it's like, no, it's all about me. Me, me, me. Yes. Oh, man. Um, so we meet a new character in the next scene, Jake Smith. I don't know if we actually get his name, but that's what I found out it was. Um, Officer Smith. Uh, he's arguing with Ridley about um, trying to smoke Luke out of the streets. And we see like a little montage of the cops and they're shaking down of these kids 
um, for info on Luke. And then one kid says, oh, I know somebody who knows Luke. And even with this episode, I was thinking, who, who, who would that be? Because all those kids from Pops are dead. So yeah. I couldn't think who it was. I completely forgot about um, Lonnie. Lonnie. Yeah. Well, you, remember, you got Lonnie, and then you have the one random guy that was just glad to be alive. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Your favorite character, Tammy. <laughs> Where were you? Where were you? <laughs> I had to look up what a C-74 was. What is a C-74? So, according to the Urban Dictionary, it is a section in Rikers Island used to hold adolescent offenders. Oh. At one point, one of the uh, the kids that's being shaken down says something about so and so is not here. He's at C seventy four, and he doesn't even have this corner anymore, or something like that. So um, I was like, "What is a C seventy So I had to look it up. So, I, Elizabeth, I think you should do the trivia for the yeah, episodes right. in future. Okay. Ah, well. <laughs> You're doing an excellent job. Well, uh, the you. guy they're looking for is his name is the Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My slang skills are non-existent, so I actually had to look it up. <laughs> oh, I just want to watch The Wizard now as well. <laughs> the power glove and like, oh. Now um, he's exerting his powers in a jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> so Misty is trying to use face, facial recognition on the video to try and find out who... Uh, it back. Exactly. I was like, if this was in the X-Files, they would get their little guy and just be like, enhance, enhance. And they'd get crystal clear picture of of uh, Diamondback. Oh, so um, many movies and TV shows do that. Oh, so many, yeah. So many. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't work in real life. No, you can't get information that isn't there. Yes. Oh. You can pixelate it. <laughs> you can make the little squares 100 feet high, but it's not going <laughs> to make the picture any clearer. They even did it in, like, Twin Peaks, where they, they zoom in in the, the VHS, you know, the video, and see the reflection of the motorbike in Laura's eye, and it's like, no! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that wouldn't work. They do it in CSI all the time. They do it in everything. Oh, I can, yeah, I can imagine them doing it in CSI all the time. Um, so... Uh, where are we? Sorry, my cat just walked in and kind of gave me a weird look. <laughs> so I was like, what? What do you want? <laughs> um, Ridley tells Misty that Luke is her priority and not to worry about uh, her attacker. Um, and we sort of leave them. They've got like a blurry picture of, of Diamondback's face. Uh, so in the next scene, oh, Lonnie's back. And he's being questioned and he wants to talk to his mum. And he mentions that he's got half-eaten Snickers in his bag. And I was like, you only eat half a Snickers? Uh, no, you eat the whole thing because they're amazing. Is what? <laughs> I said, how do you resist? I know. know. I would I would not be leaving half a Snickers. That that baby, I'd be eating the whole thing. <laughs> I so, really liked his character in this scene. He's great. He's so wonderful. He he knows his law. He knows his mom is is supposed to be there if he's getting questioned he um he's not taking any shit from him i i really like how he's standing up for himself but not being a jerk about it yeah yeah and he's not really being intimidated by um dorsey yeah well until dorsey starts roughing him up (laughs) yeah i also found it interesting that the the cop is a black guy they didn't go the stereotypical racist white guy cop Mm -hmm. route so it did because I think that would have taken away from this scene. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, okay, it's another racist cop. Instead, it was like, oh no, it's a cop that is upset because one of his friends got killed. So therefore, 
so it just changed the focus onto what I think they were looking for as opposed to getting it more into the wide race conversation. Yeah, being, being a, yeah, exactly. Although, if you listen to um, NWA's Fuck the Police, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they uh, reference the fact that uh, black cops toward uh, black people are actually worse than white cops because they're trying, it's almost like they're having to make up for the fact that everyone else is racist. So they're actually worse to oh. like. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. They have the scene in Straight Out Compton as well, don't they, where it yeah. inspires oh, yeah. him yeah. to write the the song, and it's because they've just got um, shaken down by a white officer and a black officer. Yeah. It's the kind of the same concept as like uh, like some uh, women or whatever that uh, try to make it further, and so they think they have to start acting like a man so they can make it further in the corporate ladder or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're just always trying to compensate for, for what you think people want out of you. <laughs> yeah, because what he did to to Lonnie is beyond. It's just beyond being unreasonable. Like it's just, mm. it's so terrible. It's so terrible. We look at like what Misty did to Claire, which is also terrible. Which is also terrible. But then you've got this, which is this is a kid. A minor, and he's like, he's got like cuts and bruises all over him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, so Claire is still bandaging up Luke's wounds. She just wants to see him shirtless a bit more, I think. Um, and they're doing a bit of flirting, and Bernstein is still amazed by Luke. Um, but Luke doesn't see it as a miracle. But Bernstein's talking about cancer and HIV and immortality. And Luke just wants his life back. So when so the doctor... Like, oh, God, sorry. Sorry, in the comics, is Luke confirmed, like, immortal? Like, he'll never die of old age? I have no idea. And I'm going to throw it out to our listener, Rebecca. <laughs> As I do for all questions like this. Rebecca, please let us know. Uh, I I don't... I have no idea. I don't know. Um, I have not read enough Luke Cage to, to comment on that. Mm. But hopefully we'll get an answer and I'll let you guys know. Um... Luke and Claire rightly don't don't trust him because he's super shady, and this is when they look at Reva's stuff on the uh, laptop. Her secrets. Her secrets <laughs> under codename Tiara, and Luke's like, "Well, it's because I was wearing a tiara." I was like, "It's not a tiara. Like, who would call that a tiara? It was like a weird little he- like metal headband. Mm-hmm. It's not a tiara." Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> Sorry, it's my anti anti. T- I am. I'm like a. T- oh, anyway. So you wouldn't see anyone wearing what Luke is wearing in like a beauty pageant, would you? Or to their prom? No. Therefore, it's not a tiara. It's just a minimalist a tiara. Clear. It's a minimalist. what? A minimalist helmet. <laughs> it's a minimalist tiara. Fair enough. What did you say, Elizabeth? Sorry. That was a wink to the fans. I, I know. Imagine. We were calling it a tiara until I started listening to this podcast. You were calling it that. I was like, really? Oh, I never heard that. But I never <laughs> him anyway, so I just like I like him. I like him saying to Claire, "Oh, that's what I was wearing when I got out of the tank." Because I just imagine Claire thinking he was wearing like a little sparkly tiara. Okay, that's weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would think. And all Claires think alike. Fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> What do you guys think about this this kind of reveal about where she's Reva's kind of speaking on these um, these tapes and she's quite cold about it and it's basically that she was 
you know, assessing assessing Luke for the fighting program. So does this mean that she never loved him even afterwards or like and it. she was just staying close to keep an eye on him or did she actually love him and I was trying to protect him? I don't know. Can't ask her now. I mean, near the end of when he was there, she seemed to be uh, like she seemed to be developing real feelings for him, but it was obviously fake because we've got some like confessionals here right up mm. to basically when the incident happened. So I don't know. I don't. I I doubt any of any of her shit was real. <laughs> <laughs> See, the romantic in me wants to think that she did develop feelings for him, and then she just didn't tell him the truth because it would hurt him. But then I'm like, I don't trust her, and I kind of feel that maybe she was just using him. Or that she would have been doing that to cover her ass at work. Mm. So wouldn't suspect her. Yeah. But deep down inside, maybe she did have feelings for him. We also you know, don't know what else was on the USB. Like, there's so much on there. I mean, they've they've left it as a kind of open thing. They can connect any characters now to this USB. Um, yeah. We already know Kilgrave's on there, so we don't know what other secrets are on there. Yeah, you can't really know what her true intentions were because she's dead now, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at the police station, uh, Chang is reporting to Ridley. Uh, Missy's playing with a little mini basketball, which was quite quite a cute um, uh, a little detail. And this is where Bailey brings the facial recognition and they find out that it's Willis Stryker. Uh, and Dorsey is pulled off of Lonnie because he's still beating Lonnie up and wants to know where Luke is. Um... But uh, obviously he's in big trouble now because he's just beating up this kid. And poor Lonnie looks terrible. I know. That could, that could have been Misty if she didn't cool off the previous episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And imagine if she had her metal arm, like what damage she would do. <laughs> <laughs> so now I wonder if they're going to send him to the same psychiatrist. Oh, maybe. And then he's going to bring him some lemonade as well. And he'll be like, you know, Misty thought I brought lemonade because it was linked with her past. But really, I just like lemonade. <laughs> I was thinking you'd bring Rupier or something because that was his own secret past. Ah. <laughs> oh, the old root beer story from my past. <laughs> no, not the root beer. <laughs> they said later they just fired him, right? Uh, they, yeah. I think they said he was suspended, didn't they? Ah, uh, was just I think. suspended. And well, it's done. like some kind of investigation going on. Stupid. Um, to investigate. Th- thank you. Exactly. You go into a room. And then the kid comes out smashed up, and he comes out. And <laughs> there's nobody else in the room. What is there to investigate? Yeah. Every and it's the, the kid beat every himself day. up. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the science shed, um, Luke is obviously quite angry and upset. And um, this is where they, they find out some more details about what Reva planned. And we find out that she lied to everyone. And this is where Luke gets angry and is like, I'm Luke Cage! Luke Cage smash! And, like, smashes up the place. This scene really annoyed me. Why? I spent the whole time saying, get the damn hard drive. (laughs) Well, when Claire takes the the USB, yeah, exactly. Get the USB and smash up the hard drive. And they listened to half of what I was yelling at the screen, but not the second half. And they don't really even destroy the laptop that much. I mean, they don't destroy stuff that much. He just kind of smashes it up a bit. But, I mean, really, they should have smashed the laptop and the hard drive to, like, smithereens, you know. Yeah. And Bursine asks Claire to stay and train with him. And I was like, ooh. Stay in my science shed with me. The things we'll do. Ooh. Yeah. His love shack. His love shack. 
Ooh. Broken love shack. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. You can sleep in the acid tub with me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Misty is looking at, is it called microfiche? Is that what it's called? Yeah. We don't really have it over here. Microfilm. Microfilm. Fiche is when it's a sheet of it. Microfilm is when it's on the, the spools. Ah. I used to make those. My oh, hands nice. are now... Uh, yeah, there's some back closet somewhere in some company that has my hands in, in those things because I took pictures of all of their paperwork for like six months wow. after college. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we had... I mean, I never see it like pop up in like UK, like British crime stuff. I always just think it's like an American thing. So I don't know. I've never seen it over here. Um, the, it was from Japan. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know who else used it. Um, when she's looking at this, did you guys see the sidebar story? Uh, what do you mean? Huh? There's a little yes. story. Well, the main story was about the son of a local preacher charged <laughs> with Grand Theft Auto. Two youths jailed after police pursuit. Um, okay. what, was the, what was the sidebar story, Elizabeth? Do you want to go? I paused it, but I didn't recognize it. Oh. I didn't know what it meant. Well, I just read it quickly, and it said, Martin Brown, local inventor, received civic award for developing the thrust capacitor. And then later in the article, it talks about it could possibly, it talks about cleaning water and it could possibly lead to time travel. And I was like, did you just put in a Back to the Future reference, Luke Cage? (laughs) Oh, I missed that one. I was focused on the one about um, the people getting upset because the same guy got elected three times in a row. Oh, yeah, I saw that one as well because they were looking, was it the one about the fire chief? They were Uh, looking for a new fire chief or something? Some local politician. Oh, or how but, about um, the- yeah, so I was focused on that one. I totally missed the sign one. So they had a Back to the Future reference, and I totally missed it. Well, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not the flux capacitor; it's the thrust capacitor. But I was like Martin Brown, you know, like Marty and Doc Brown. I was like, Ooh, I think that, yeah, I think that's a Back to the Future reference, maybe. Which, I, if I so, I applaud like you. The, uh, the article on Area Man Summits Everest. From Bloomingdale, he uh, after winning two marathons and beating prostate cancer, summiting the world's tallest mountain seemed easy by comparison. And it was a, a Dr. Franklin Chap- Chapin. Uh, he's he's cl- <laughs> climbed this mountain and he's inspiring other dentists to do the same. Oh, I'm like wow! Little dentist field trips. So we're gonna start climbing Everest. <laughs> I read that one too, and I totally missed the one on the right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome! I love I love reading all these little articles. Uh, so this is when Misty realizes that Carl Lucas and Luke Cage are one in the same, and she goes to tell Ridley, but Mariah has shown up with Patty, so it's the return of Patty as well. Still hasn't got her date with Luke. Um, I was I was wondering if she. I didn't think Misty heard the full name Carl Lucas. I thought she just heard Carl, and she kept saying, who's Carl? Yeah, I don't think she heard Carl Lucas either, but Hmm. I don't know. It's just her her mysterious Misty powers, I guess, putting putting it together. Um, So, yeah, Mariah's on the... Mariah's not standing for anything. She's like, I'm going to release these photos. Uh, Why was there and not at the hospital? Why was who there? Patricia says that... Her husband or her son is currently at the hospital getting checked out. I'm like, why are you here then? I guess Who she wanted to be there to be like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to sue you. My, uh, 
my nephew uh, like get, got a really deep cut in his hand, and both my sister and brother-in-law were with him at the hospital, <laughs> like all night. And she's a, she's a mom, and she's not there at the hospital. I mean, yeah, okay, go stomp and yell at the policeman later, but make sure your kid's okay first. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I get. I imagine Mariah like brought her in because. You know, it sort of gives more weight to it than if it's just Mariah walking in and sort of yelling. If it's the actual mum as well. Um, but yeah, Mariah's kind of on fire at this point because she calls this press conference. So good. Oh, I love her so much. Um, and I love this transition. I love the transition. Oh, I can't remember how they did the transition. How did they do it? Where she's where she's yelling at them, and then she's at the same time she's talking and giving them a speech, and it transitions directly oh, yeah. to her speaking to the public. So it's almost like it was. It's like just so rehearsed. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. <laughs> I know that. Like I think we mentioned before, but I can't remember what episode it was that Stephen Surgic was did, like, a, a really cool transition before in a scene. Not for this series, for another one, but I can't remember which one it was. But there's another transition I really like later um, when we are in the church um, that I noticed. But, yeah, I completely missed this one. Um, but this is where she's kind of <laughs> wants, you know, the NYPD to get arm, to arm themselves to protect the public and they're going to have a big meeting at Harlem's Paradise. And I just imagine, like arming themselves with pitchforks and torches and <laughs> Gaston leading the mob up to the beast's castle. <laughs> Which is what I always think of when there's a mob. Just being like, kill that beast. Um, <laughs> he used such weird logic, though, too. Yeah. Because it's like, we don't trust the police. Why are they beating up our kids? But let's arm them with more dangerous stuff so that they can protect us. They're like, but that doesn't really... But then, it, I, then I was like, okay, well, it's political rhetoric. And it yeah. Isn't that the way it's like, ah, oh, we have issues with, you know, with violence. More guns! Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. At first it annoyed me, and then I was like, well, okay, that's probably pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so Misty visits Ridley and points out that it's kind of weird that Mariah is not freaked out about being in Harlem's Paradise. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> like, what the hell? And the fact that Mariah, at this point, even outside the police station, didn't bring up the fact of, you know, she's saying, like, Luke Cage beat up this kid, or, or not Luke Cage beat up this kid, Luke Cage killed this police officer. But then and there, she doesn't go, and my cousin. She only brings it up later. I was like, yeah, that is suspicious. I can't remember where it happens. I don't know if we made it to that part yet, but mm-hmm. there's another Mike Tyson reference. Oh, that's later, and yeah, yeah, and Misty's like, oh, Mike Tyson's great, and I was like, no, no, he's pretty horrible. It's the second time they've been, like, Mike Tyson apologists in the show, and I'm this time expe- it's coming from a I'm woman. I'm expecting him to guest star at some point. Yeah. That's not till like, really episode like- 12, and that's what I said Tammy would be excited about, so thanks for spoiling it, Mel. <laughs> no problem, that's what I do best. <laughs> just here to ruin a good time for everybody oh you want to see something really uncomfortable mike tyson was on an episode of lip sync battle super uncomfortable he is just he's just terrible and he wears like these tight i want to say they're even like red pants it's like it's just a creep fest even the fashion is just terrible. And again, like a turtleneck. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing with and your look, life and your life decisions? Tammy knows all about the fashions, doing a, fa- a fashion podcast. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, 
If Tammy judges your fashion as bad, it's bad. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know. Well, we know Pop loved Tyson, so maybe that's why Misty does because she kind of looked up to Pop. But yeah. I agree with Matt as a as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should be. I, I feel like they should be like, yes, he was a great boxer. Yeah. Not he's great. Yeah. He was a great boxer. Yeah. Let's just draw the line there. <laughs> <laughs> So Luke and Claire look across the the ocean at Alcatraz. Sorry, I mean Seagate, um, and <laughs> they're like, oh, and I, I I I kind of thought they might go over there and like have a little snoop around and stuff, but they don't. Um, what state is Seagate in? Um, Georgia. Okay. Well, yeah, so they I, already I, drove there. Timeline problems with this. Yeah, what? I've been having some timeline problems with this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because. She makes a comment about how long they've been driving in the car to get to where Seagate is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, then when was the pulling the shrapnel out scenes happening in comparison to this while it seemed like only one day went by in New York? Yeah. So is there a like weird time transference going on where it's taking a day and a half to go along on, on Claire and, and Luke's journey, but only a day's gone by <laughs> back in New York? It, yeah, it's it, it is weird because like even with like the scenes where Lonnie is getting um, sort of beaten up, there's like a really long gap between the two scenes. So when we went back to it, I was like, has he been beating him up for like hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, and this is where Luke says that he loves the idea of Reva, not her specifically. And when I was watching the show the first time, I was like, no. You, no, please don't kiss. Please don't. No, yeah, yeah. no, please don't. No, yeah, gross. No. <laughs> so, I like that they were being friends in this one. That yes, like, their friendship is growing, and that they didn't jump right into okay, now let's make out. <laughs> yeah, more of it. We're now learning a little bit more about each other, kind of. Thing. I really, really thought they were going to kiss at this point in yeah, yeah my first watch. Like, so you guys thought that as well, yeah? I did. Yeah, I was worried about that too, but I was glad they oh. didn't go there. I, as soon as his hand went like down, as, as soon as we followed his hand, I was like, "That hand's going somewhere." <laughs> I, was, I was worried about where that hand was going. <laughs> yeah. Still, so her line in here was, I, "I'm sorry if I steal a quote. It's not a very good one. Sorry, guys. Uh, I wish you would have told me that what 800 miles and 28 hours ago." So my guess is that it's only been 28 hours. It's not that they drove for 28 hours. Oh, okay. I took that as she's been driving for 28 hours since they left the yeah. doctor smashing his place. Mm. Not yeah. that it'd been 28 hours since they left New York. That would make more sense. Okay. They probably, and, and they it, were at the science shed for a while as well. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> if that was within the 28, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Thank you. I remembered her saying something like that too. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember what she, I, I couldn't remember it. What she had said, so I had to look for it. Um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I still reserve judgment for their drive back, though. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a very quick drive back. My yes. judgment is, uh, it is no, I mean, maybe not Luke, because he's trying to, like, stay out of the public eye, even though he can't seem to do that at all. 
But, like, Claire's not on social media at all. She doesn't know what the hell is happening back home. Her mom hasn't called her and said, hey, you know that guy Luke that you're hanging out with? Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for him. They're beating kids up over it. Like, nothing. How do they not know what's happening? She let her plan drop when she lost her job. Oh, God. (laughs) Or when she quit it, actually. See, I get my American geography from watching Supernatural. So, from what I know, America is like... Tape show, Supernatural. Well, isn't, like, North America, like, 50 miles by 50 miles square? Because it never takes them more than, like, an hour to drive anywhere in the States. It takes 24 hours to get from New York to Florida. I've done that. I have have done that drive. I did that between Christmas and New Year. Um, And it took longer than that because it was by Greyhound bus. So, lots of stops on the way. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're driving in a car and you only stop to pee and eat, um, then it takes 24 hours. Wow. And it's a really painful drive. Yeah. So from Georgia to New York, it probably should have taken them at least 20 hours. Yeah, I, w- I was not say 22. Because depending on, like, for me, from Orlando to Atlanta is six hours. Yeah. It's a long fucking way to get to Atlanta. I was thinking how long it took me to get from Orlando to Pensacola, and that was a long time. But again, that was again by bus. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, true. Yeah, that was by bus. From New York, it took us 24 hours just to get, I think, to the northern border of Florida, and then we still had to drive like another eight hours down to where we were going. So, yeah, they should not have gotten back in the five minutes that it took them. So, where are we up to? Okay, so so Dr. Bernstein is searching through the rubble of the science shed, and this is where, yeah, the hard drive is still working and has got all the files, so it was all for naught. We also get some Apple product placement because it focuses <laughs> in on the Apple <laughs> on the Mac. Um, but, yeah, they didn't wipe the disk drive, so maybe he's going to now go and make more loot cages. Yes, or more and then cougars. I was yelling at the screen, I told you so, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, he did a little smile because he heard you and he was like, hey. Yes. Uh, so we get the return of Domingo. Hooray. I love Domingo so much. Uh, Misty visits the gym. Um, this is where we get the Mike Tyson mention and asks about uh, Diamondback. And we, you know, we're reminded that the heads of three crime families are missing at this point. And he says, oh, why don't you go to Holland Paradise and find out who's running it these days? So she's like, okay, then I will. Um, And then Claire and Luke have arrived at this church in Savannah uh, to go and investigate. And it's kind of weird because this is like the first episode or the first Netflix episode. I think that we're outside of New York. Is that right? I don't think we left New York in Jessica Jones, did we? We may have gone to Long Island, but otherwise, no. Yeah. I mean, mean, state rather than, than Manhattan, then yes. They, this is the first time that they've left New York State. Yeah. That yeah. I recall. Um, but we, do, I mean, it's not like we spend a lot of time in, in Savannah anyway. I like the little flashback shot. This is the transition I mentioned earlier where Luke's looking at the ground and it's all trashed of the church. And then he looks up and it's all one shot and it goes to the nice, you know, it's like flashback church where it's all nice again. And they obviously did that as a practical effect. And I thought it worked really well. Mm. I like the di- the dingus graffiti. <laughs> I didn't see the dingus one. I saw one that said, why, Jobby? I was like, what does that mean? 
I was looking at the stained glass window that no one broke. I'm like, they had time to paint on the wall, but no one picked up a rock and threw through the stained glass window. Yeah, exactly. Stained glass, and I'm actually right now skipping a class <laughs> to do this podcast. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was entertained by. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. I, I, again, have a tr- tr- have trouble with them not going online at all. Because I get that he's not, like, talking to his father. But you would think he would have kept tabs or looked his dad up or something where he would have known that the, the church was gone. Because if it was, the church was this big deal in their town, mm-hmm. that would have made... Yeah, and their family. Like, he, he would have known. Like, he comes in there and looks all surprised that the church is all, like gross and graffitied up guys go on the internet (laughs) in your life Tammy not everyone is as addicted to social media as us you know oh yeah that's it I think he just turned his back on that whole part of his life so he just didn't want to know yeah and now that he's actually willing to dig into it then he's surprised at what he finds maybe I'm just a creepy stalker and look everything up (laughs) (laughs) whatever Yeah, have you stalked really, the uh, the triplet actors out of X Files, Tammy? Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Come on, if I can find these stupid kid acts, <laughs> <laughs> he can easily know what's happening. Especially when they're in the car and they're on their way to where his dad is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of this scene? I mean, I mentioned sorry, mentioning about practical effects again. I like the shot where it's like little little Carl. And then when she opens the door, you get the reflection in the mirror of grown-up Luke. I thought that was I really liked quite that. nice. Yeah, that was a cool little effect. What do you guys think of this this kind of scene, though? Because it's a lot of exposition, um, yeah. but they tend to do it more visually, I guess, in sort of in terms of the relationships than giving us a load of information. So I think they did it as well as they could. Um, but what what did you guys think? Matt and Mel, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I hate his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Bit of a hypocrite. I mean, it's not it's not anything crazy. If we've seen characters in fiction do this kind of thing all the time, but I just found it more more odd that he never put two and two together until he I like don't. walked walked back in there like as a thirty something year old. I don't man think so because he probably. I don't agree with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave. I have experienced this stuff where there's something that happens in your childhood and you just, you know, you don't think about it. And then it comes back to you as an adult. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't put your adult brain to it until you revisit it. Okay. Yeah, as a kid, you take it as value. You, yeah. yeah. you know, it gives you a whole different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Does that can make see sense? It. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he'd never really even considered it before um, Stryker put the idea in his head. Mm. And that made him look at all this stuff again with sort of a, you know, fresh pair of eyes. My dad is just a really nice guy. He's just nice with, to his secretary, you know. Like, really nice. Like, he's on these trips. <laughs> yeah, he's always working so so um, late nights with his secretary. And we never really have any money um, but they seem to manage okay, like Stryker and his single mom. Hmm. Secretary really well. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's kind of, like that. There, 
the whole relationship with Luke's dad and the two women to me is a little like it's a little confusing because wives. <laughs> yeah, that that almost seems more like what it is, but they didn't want to be. But that's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. They, like not by choice. Yeah, they're very yeah. familiar with each other. Mm. Yeah, and and the fact that they're paying Willis's mom, you know, yeah. So I'm like, so they've known since it seems like the get go, unless she like came back into their lives recently and said, "Well, you need to pay me because this is your son." Uh, like we don't we don't know because yeah, don't say other than the fact that uh, they've been paid. Uh, the other things I noticed were um, Etta, Luke's mom, her brooches. <laughs> She's a brooch lady, uh, which I like. Um, and Dana, what they did with her is both of her outfits have, like, whether it's a faux or a real belt, but these real thick belts around her waist, and it made her, I think, look look even trimmer, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting since she's, like, the other woman, so she's got to look hot. <laughs> I like I like you're paying as much attention to the fashions in this um, <laughs> podcast, Tammy, as you do in our other podcast, which is about fashions. <laughs> I was just thinking that because I was listening to it on the way home. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where we yeah, notice like, all the fashions. Everything, yeah. Like, <laughs> if I didn't notice fashions before, now it's like, oh, that's all I'm noticing. <laughs> it's just interesting to me that you say that she's the other woman, so she's got to look hot. Does yeah. she? Well, I guess, like, she's the other woman, but, like, the wife is, like, the good church wife, you know, they're putting on this. Yeah, Yeah, and that's the same thing. They have um, Etta's hair, like, pulled back, almost, almost like a, you know, a loose bun, but still, like, pulled back. Mm -hmm. And then her hair is a little more wild, a little more free. Like, they they really try to make them very different. It's just, yeah, it's just... I don't know. It'd be interesting if they made the other woman, like, maybe less attractive for, like, a change. Yeah, yeah. it'd be great, but... Yeah. But there's yeah. gotta be a reason why he's, you know, cheating. I mean... Because she's <laughs> sexy. Mm, look at her. With her tight belts. Lord him in with her wiles. <laughs> yeah, I still... I'm, I'm, like, now I keep going back and forth. I'm like, so has she been there the whole time and they've just, like, like we said, like, sister wife did the whole time? Or did she recently come back into the picture, and so he's sleeping with her again because she's recently been back? And then she tells Etta, like, well, he's been lying to me, too. How? How is it? What is he lying about? Like, you could he's still married to her. Maybe so. he lied. lied he lied? <laughs> he lied. Maybe he lied that to um, Etta. Etta's the other woman, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that he was married originally and he was having like an affair with her and he didn't say that he was married to Dana because they said that he and Dana couldn't have kids for years and Stryker is two years older than Luke. Yeah. That's why I was thinking that she'd been there all along and that he'd had the kid with yeah. him first and and kept her around because, oh, now he has a son so therefore he's got that whole male ego thing about having a son even though he can't declare him as his and then later on it, like i got the impression like maybe his wife couldn't have any kids at first or they didn't think that she could so therefore he got a kid another way but then then luke um showed up and so now he has his legitimate kid that he can actually show off to people 
so then the other one was considered less important, but he was still around. And, yeah. So I got the impression that they were both there the whole time. Yeah, so and like like is, Luke is, is Rob Stark and Willis is Jon Snow. <laughs> he's like yeah. the little the little bastard, he's not his proper heir. And it's totally, I bet you it's totally one of those things where he's like, oh yeah, like, don't worry, baby, I'll, uh, I'll, divorce, <laughs> my, I'll divorce my wife soon, I just have to get things straightened out. You know, it's probably one of those things. Yeah. And then he's telling, meanwhile, he's telling his wife, like, if, if she knows, he's like, don't worry, that's, that's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, just playing the both of them, probably. I hate that because then the women end up turning against each other, and that always bothers me. Yeah. Cause it's yeah, not even, yeah it's Matt, you man, what have you got to say for your, your gender? I'll leave again. Speaking of women, though, I was watching this this episode and like the last few episodes, and I was like, it occurred to me. I think it was in this this episode, in the the scene in the police, one of the police uh, offices. There, there's like. Four black women on screen. Mm-hmm. Just four black women all at the same time. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen no. that ever. <laughs> it's like really pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we were saying earlier with Officer Albini, it's like he's, it's unusual in this show to see um, a white character. Yeah. I was like, ah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which is, is very refreshing. It's the it's the white character and he's the one that died. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's like flipping the um, horror film trope yep. on its head. Killing the token white guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how dare they! Mm. So uh, back in Harlem's paradise, the crowd is chanting while Mariah leads, and I thought she could have got like an awesome band up there to like yeah. rile people up, <laughs> just so Tammy would be pleased. You know, it'd have been great, um, and. It's quite cool because they mentioned like a few things here. So she mentions Cottonmouth's murder. She says that it was Luke. Um, she talks about how the world's changed, and she mentions Jessica Jones snapping Kilgrave's neck, uh, which was cool. You know, like we're getting mentions of these uh, these other characters. I kind of wish that they'd sort of said she said something about this guy in Hell's Kitchen, but then he's kind of much more under the radar, whereas Jessica Jones is more public, I guess. <laughs> you just see um, like. Later, Daredevil gets shot with one of these exploding bullets. He's like, oh, overkill. (laughs) (laughs) I just find it funny that she said a woman over in Hell's Kitchen. I'm like, isn't Hell's Kitchen downtown? Yeah, it's not really over. It's like quite It's down in Hell's Kitchen. (laughs) For someone who knows, like, who's supposed to know her Harlem and, like, the surrounding areas. (laughs) Yeah, it seems a little odd. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing, well, one of my favorite things on the scene was the extras yes. who had, you know, so they have their signs, right? But they obviously, as extras, you know, they're having to watch the scene take place with Mariah over and over and over again. So their signs are all down until the camera starts panning and then slowly. Yes. <laughs> they're getting tired. Yeah. They're like, oh, again. Oh, here we go. Um, so, Tammy, Tammy, Matt and Mel, well, and Elizabeth yeah. as well, did you um, hear the reference to one of our previous uh, guests in this scene? No. Well, I'm just going to point out that when Mariah wants to bring a, uh, a, a speaker up on stage, she brings up our previous guest, John Pope, because she says Reverend John Pope. And I was like, oh, our previous guest, John Pope, friend of the show. Awesome. 
I didn't know you had gotten ordained. Well, I know. <laughs> so it was a huge surprise. He's also become an elderly, um, an elderly black man. So. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Multiple surprises here. I know I know friend of the show John Pope was very excited when that happened in the show cuz he messaged me. Ah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, um well, oh, how would you I was just curious, how would you guys feel if you were that kid being the face of that rally? Not happy. Because he he believes Luke's innocent. Mm. He but wasn't he, there, was he? No. Oh. Like, no, he, he would have been at the hospital, he, probably. He was a little badass standing up to that cop. I know. Oh, he was such a little badass, yeah. Lonnie. Awesome. I want him to be, like, an ongoing Luke Cage character. He becomes, like, part of Luke's crew, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so where is Shades hiding? Is he, like, behind a photo of Lonnie? <laughs> <laughs> He's just shading around. He's, like, behind one of the pillars or something. I mean, he might be standing next to Mariah, you wouldn't be able to see, because he's so good at being shady and hiding. Like, so close to her. <laughs> Bruce. Yeah. She's just, I mean, like, I saying this thing, and he, you just hear her every so often go, yeah, yeah that's right. He creeps <clears> me out. Sexy. As shady as he is, but uh, I, I kind of missed him this episode. Oh. I, did, I didn't miss him. Oh. I, did, I always miss Shades. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fine. I love him. I was like, eh. <laughs> no, but then we I have like Mariah him. being a badass. So. I don't yeah. like him telling Mariah what to do. I don't like that. Hmm. Okay. I don't know why I made that noise, eh? Because I'm not really alluding <laughs> to anything. <laughs> so I like that we meet, uh, see Mariah's colleague again. I can't remember his name. I was beating myself up over it. I can't can't remember his name. This I don't know, the- but I like him. From the producer says, yeah, and he totally just calls her on all her bullshit. It's great. Yes. And I love that she's just like, how dare you? And it's like, I mean, she plays this role so amazing. Like, this, she's, well, she's so, good. yeah, exactly. And she's so much more of a, a, a more interesting villain to me than Diamondback. Like, when Diamondback's on, it's just like we've gone into Toontown. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Luke and Claire arrive back in Harlem. The little DVD kid, DVDs of the incident kid, calls uh, Luke over and shows him the poster, the menace poster. Um, meanwhile, John Pope has a lot to to uh, explain himself for because he's revving the crowd up into kind of a frenzy of hatred. So yeah. you know, you know, watching this, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't like the crowd's reaction, like because I saw where she like pivoted, you know, where mm-hmm. she like. She went from like, oh, the cops, we're really angry at the cops. Let's arm the cops. Yeah. Like, like, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, you should have changed your stance, like, gradually over the course of a few weeks or something. But I guess Diamondback was pressuring her. But but that's like movie or TV crowds, you know, they're always super fickle. Yeah. It was like, let's do this. And then someone will be like. No, let's do this instead. They're like, yeah, let's do that instead. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's not or how. They turn on the person saying something different. Oh, yeah. No, no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think that this actually just speaks more to that mob mentality where, like, yeah. once they have like one or two people real, you know, vocal people reeled in, and who knows, Mariah could have planted people in that audience for mm-hmm. all we know. You know, then everyone is all of a sudden just turns and is like yeah and is behind whatever they're saying it's 
it's creepy. It's and we've weird. Se- we've seen that happen in the last year with the exactly. U.S. election and the Brexit. I was gonna say I, we've seen it happen in real life. Like yes, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is hard to stand up to a crowd. That is true. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Luke and Claire sneak in, as does Misty. Misty's gonna head over to Diamondback. Luke's gonna go and give her backup. And I like that. Misty passes Candice on the stairs and they sort of exchange a look. Candice looks very, very sheepish. So what did she just do? Who, Candice? Yeah, was she just whoring? Uh, no, I, I think she was probably just serving Dimebat. I don't okay. think she was whoring. I just, I thought maybe they were going for something like she did something bad and now she's stuck doing exactly what she said she wasn't or something. She just says to Misty, don't mind me, I was just whoring. Bye. <laughs> Well, she was, like, so adamant that she's like, I'm not a whore, and then, like, uh... Yeah. uh, Now she looks very, like, ooh, like you caught me doing something. I think she just feels bad because she lied to Misty, and Misty kind of knows she did, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, When Misty entered the office, I was like, don't stand in front of that window, Misty, because last time Cottonmouth went flying out the window. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Misty Uh, gets shot by the looks. Yeah, I was just... We need to back up for a second. Okay. When Luke goes to follow Misty and he's telling Claire, like, what he's going to be doing, he totally leans in and smells her hair. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what a creep. <laughs> <laughs> like, their, their whole interaction, and maybe it was because I was like, they better not kiss. They better not hook up in the show. They better not freaking kiss. <laughs> that, like, I was on the lookout the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was two things that I was really adamant about happening at the end when I finished this episode on my first watch. One was, oh, they better not be having Claire and Luke hook up together. And the other one was, oh, my God, I hope Diamondback blasted Misty's arm off. (laughs) Only because (laughs) I think as Rebecca as well, our listener, we were chatting about it and we both said we have never wanted someone to lose their arm as much as Misty and I. Because then she'll get an awesome yeah. robot arm. She won't. And even if she, she she should lose her arm and then get a robot arm, but she won't. She won't lose her arm. And even if she, even if she does lose her arm by some <laughs> some chance, they will not replace it with a robot arm. She'll just be uh, amputee. There will be no robot arms. Is that an official prediction? Yeah. Well, there already is one in this universe. Well, there's two in this universe already. Yeah. Not in the not, not in the not in the um. Not in the Netflix shows. Not the Netflix yet, shows. They're but... they're more grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but there's also the whole thing of like with Marvel films and series that in the second film or series they have someone lose a hand or an arm, which is a nod to Empire Strikes Back because they did it in like some of the the films and stuff so maybe in season two matt nope and then we can finally have that scene of her of misty knight and um bucky barnes um arm wrestling with their robot arms <laughs> while colson's on the side uh, getting to play the winner yeah exactly yeah. yeah well like i said there will never be a misty knight robot arm and there will never be a she hulk in, in the cinematic universe be sad. that's uh those are my predictions well, we'll have to see because at the moment the way we end the episode is that Luke and is holding Misty and they're kind of cowering behind the bar from all the gunfire, so we don't know what happens. But he, but he totally shot Misty's arm off. It went flying across the room. I saw it. 
<laughs> I paused it and played it in slow mo. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it or not. <laughs> just so you could squeal in delight. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I did find it funny that he walks through this entire crowd of people that are out for his blood and they didn't recognize him until Stryker shoots and they hear the gun go off and they all turn and they're like, hey, wait, there he is! <laughs> like, yeah, he just walked through the whole middle of you guys. Yeah. I didn't notice. But you, we know from, like, um, the scene before with the police officers in last week's episode, I think, people don't recognize him unless they see that he's bald. And then they're like, oh my God, he's bald, it's Luke Cage! <laughs> That's true. He did have the magic uh, hood up. The magic hoodie. Yeah. Yes. So like he's like car- he's like carrying Missy around. How does her legs not get shot? I was thinking that when they're shooting machine guns. Yeah. Well, how does she not get shredded by all the glass that rains down on her? Also, when yeah. Her <laughs> also, what a waste of alcohol. <laughs> I always think that when there's like shoot ups in bars. I feel that way about pianos when they throw them or drop them out of windows. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, well, Lauren Weeks did confirm, obviously, there's no real alcohol in those bottles. But still, in, in the universe of, of this show, what a waste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have one little Easter egg for you guys. Oh. It's Christmas, so I'm going to say it's not an Easter egg, it's a Christmas candy. Oh. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, we were mentioning about, obviously, Luke and Stryker being brothers, and they weren't brothers in the comics, but in the comics, Carl Lucas did have a brother, and his name was James Lucas Jr. And later on, he became a supervillain known as Coldfire. Coldfire. I don't know what his powers were, I'd have to look into it. Um, But ironically, he got his powers from one Dr. Noah Bernstein... Bam! There we go. So maybe... Sorry? What kind of powers? I don't know. Shall I look it up? Hang on. His name was Coldfire. The power of putting fires out. (laughs) (laughs) I will snuff your fire. The power of fire that gives you uh, frostbite. (laughs) I will remove your romantic atmosphere and you will be cold. (laughs) Coldfire. Here we go. Uh, powers, astral projection, energy based. Oh, hang on. His uh, he was given powers with the sole purpose of fighting Luke Cage. His alias was Coldfire. Um, even from an oh, this is interesting. So it says James Lucas Jr. was born and raised in Harlem. Even from an early age, James developed a deep hatred for his brother Carl Lucas, who he believed continually brought shame to their family through his criminal activities. That's kind of a switch. The brothers fought constantly, and eventually James even came to blame Carl for the tragic death of their mother. James even tried to convince their father, James Lucas Sr., to do the same. Um, When Carl was sentenced to a lengthy prison term, James intercepted all of Carl's letters to prevent them from reaching their father in order to try and keep Carl from hurting their family any further. James even began travelling the country with their father in order to further distance them from Carl. God, he needs to get over it. Um, (laughs) Losing touch with each other, both Carl and his father eventually came to believe that the other was dead. So his powers were astral projection, energy-based constructs, energy manipulation, and fire control. So he must be relatively... (laughs) Oh, cold fire. Uh, Yeah, and he can divide himself, apparently. 
since he's forced to leave his body behind when animating his cold fire form, James's body is left defenseless. The process to transfer his mind requires him to focus his consciousness through a basic emotion, predominantly hate. Oh. Fair enough. And he just kind of looks like a, a blue version of, like, the uh, uh, the human torch. <laughs> so there we go. Cold fire, everyone. Uh, but yeah, that was your one little Christmas candy for the week. Mm. Uh, so it's time for quotes. Uh, Elizabeth, you're our super duper special guest, so you can go first. Uh, this one is Mariah talking to Diamondback. I hate to interrupt your isotoner moment, but this is serious. <laughs> I like that quote. It's so good. No, no, I have some others. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, she has others, I guess. Uh, who wants to go next? Oh, well, Mel, you can go next. Matt, you could just do the <laughs> Did he say that this episode? Yeah. Okay. Many what? times. Matt! Yeah. Oh, you mean not, not actual Luke Cage, the no, other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Striker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I was thinking of the one in the in the um In the barn. Yeah, the barn. Yeah. My name is mm. not Ron Lucas or whatever. No no. Do the striker one. <laughs> I'm Luke Cage! <laughs> 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 Don't arrest me! Yeah. I'm Luke Cage! Run away! Uh, I'm yelling as I run away. I'm Luke <laughs> Um, uh, Mel. Um, be careful. Always. <laughs> so corny. <laughs> He's that, corny. That's not when he smells her hair. Oh, oh, I don't want to think that. Uh, Tammy. Harlem is my birthright. It's mine. Oh, oh you no. stole my quote. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I'll let you off. Uh, can, I, can I say maybe he sniffed her hair because he had hair envy? He's like, oh. I, re- I remember what it was like to have hair <laughs> when I was Carl Lucas. Oh, dear. Uh, I only have the other one, which is when he does the one in the barn, which is, my name is not Carl. It's Luke Cage. Smash, 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 smash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't find that many quotes in this episode. Does anyone have any uh, more? I do. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. Maybe she said Lucas. Because I swear in one of Riva's things, one of the quotes I wrote down, but I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, was subject Luke is beginning to unravel. He doesn't shave, he doesn't groom, and he lives to fight. But he wouldn't be called Luke yet. <laughs> so, so did I write that down? I think I'm she like, said Lucas. I think she, she, she must, she must did. have, right? She must yeah. Have. Okay. Maybe she swallowed the second half of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's a secret time traveler. That's her big secret. Now I feel like I'm going to have to rewind it. But I was typing while we were talking as well, so that could have been it. But uh, <laughs> no, I do like that line because then it just makes me remember what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> with his giant afro. Yeah, with his giant afro. Yeah. Aww. Awesome. Well, now it's time for feedback. And once again, just like the good old times, I can go, <laughs> Mel. Who's been reading uh, Sedna's emails while I was gone? Your lovely husband has. Oh. Has he been putting on like a... a... Not very well. Oh, not very <laughs> well. We wouldn't I let anyone else do it. Back, it has to It has to be... It would have to be either him or one of the cats. Yeah. And we all know how the uh, that would go. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got an email from Sedna. I apologize. I apologize if I don't read it properly because I'm still trying to get over a cold. So. Oh, I hope you feel better. 
Yeah, uh, I hope so too. <laughs> Sounds like I'm dying. <laughs> it's what you get for going on holiday, Mel, and leaving Defenders for two weeks. I know, how dare I. <laughs> Last chance to save Luke by turning him into soup. Actually, I want to say that like Matt's dad says soup, which is... Matt, can you help? It's more like... Soup. <laughs> so, yeah. Does he whistle between his teeth? <laughs> Yes, he kind of whistles it when he says it. <laughs> like the little gopher at Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly that, actually. <laughs> uh, last, last chance to save Luke by turning him into... Stir <laughs> carefully with Claire's magic forceps and he's all better again. Meanwhile, Misty's not the only one duped by Diamondback's piss-poor tech-enhanced Luke impersonation. Mm -hmm. And the NYPD are ramping up the brutality. So Reva is in on the whole thing? Of course she was. Unleash that cage rage, Luke Smash! (laughs) (laughs) Now at last, you can let go of her and take Claire for coffee. Coffee? Yes, please. (laughs) I'll go on. You know you want to. Flashback time! Being back in church, Luke puts the pieces together and realizes Preacher Daddy was a wrong in this revelation. Ha! Drives <laughs> yeah. Drives him to catch the quote, quote the Bible-itis from Diamondback, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Can Luke and Claire make the drive back from Georgia in time for Mariah's incitement rally? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> The only super freak we like is Rick James. Ha ha! Serious. That quote the episode? No. Is it what? But she she says uh, Mariah says something about um, super freaks turning into super menaces. Yeah. Oh, no, superheroes turning into super menaces. But she calls them super freaks. Oh. And and yeah, Santa continues. What what's with this and all the Mike Tyson love? I reckon people need to find some better heroes. <laughs> Like ones that don't have yeah. rape convictions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misty shot the arm. Oh my god, what could this mean? <laughs> Just want to see. <laughs> oh, my throat. So <laughs> pebble. <laughs> Just want to say with no spoilers that I'm currently going absolutely fucking crazy over the Defenders filming photos all over Tumblr Twitter this afternoon. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sedna. <laughs> we oh, we broke Mel. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. Yep. We've missed you. <laughs> So, thank you for the f- uh, feedback, Sedna. Now it is time to rate this episode. Uh, so, I'm going to pass to our guest first, please. Oh, before I do that, did anyone else notice that the gloves that he had reminded... Uh, like, if you read comic books, um, they were awfully close to the guy's shockers. Oh, yeah! Mm. Every time Spidey I villain. It, I was just like, all he needs is the yellow quilted outfit, and then he'd be all set. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say that earlier, so I just threw that in there. Um, so for me, I love flashback episodes, so I actually liked this episode. Because of that, um, and I liked the fact that they gave Diamondback some motivation that it wasn't just that he was his brother, they, they kind of like showed how it had been growing over time mm-hmm. through the flashback, so I liked that. Um, Mariah's 
faulty logic annoyed me, but it wasn't all that surprising <laughs> that because it was one of those rah-rah moments that people were all caught up in the thing. Um, and I like the fact that it's it's heading towards a climax now, so it, um, the plot is, is going in the right direction. Um, I didn't like the fact that it ended in a cliffhanger, but since I was not restricted to actually staying and waiting a week, I, um, I was happy to hop <laughs> to the next one. Sorry, guys. Um, and I like the fact that there was a lot of Claire time, and she was my favorite character in this. Um, I, I like the fact that they keep bringing her back, and I like that she had a lot more time on screen this season than she had in the previous shows. So um, I'm going to rate it 7 out of 10 unbroken stained glass windows. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tammy... Uh, yeah. So, yes, I'm not caring for this part of the season uh, so far, but I thought this episode was better, I think, than the previous ones. And maybe it's because, not that we had less Diamondback, but we had more Diamondback and Mariah combo. And we had a lot more Mariah. So that made the episode better than it's been Mm -hmm. for me. Um. I, I don't. If Luke and Claire get together, I really am out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want them together at all. I feel like it was already too close this episode. Like, we can joke all we want about him taking her to coffee, but no thank you. Neither of them drink coffee. They need to calm it down. Um, so... But uh, you guys together. Uh, I don't want... I just don't see it... And I don't like, I'd rather them be friends and allies. And I feel like sex is going to complicate that because he's, I mean, we're heading toward where it's going to be all the defenders. Jessica Jones is going to be there. It's, uh, you know, I don't know. The whole thing I just think would make it even messier. And I don't like it. Knowing comic books, though, knowing comic books, it probably will happen. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. The I, characters have a history in the comics. Well, they can. Luke, also, his brother was not Diamondback in the comics. It doesn't have to be That's exactly true. like the comics. I, I'd say as well, I'm so I I I'm so invested in like Luke and Jessica. It's the kind of yeah. thing where I'm like, you know, I will go down with that ship <laughs> because I love them together so much and I'm like I don't wanna see them with anyone else almost. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was okay with Luke and um, Misty, but I also kind of had a feeling that it wasn't going to be, like, them against the world, like, the whole series, where I feel like that's kind of what they've done with Claire's character, is <laughs> it's just her and Luke together forever, and it's and if they have sex, you know, or, or they twist that friendship into something else, I just, I don't mm-hmm. think it would be good or believable really I just don't see it she's already turned him down like before so calm it down show um but yeah I I don't I don't know how to feel about this last part yet I, I'm waiting to see how the whole thing wraps up I guess uh, oh we also got Domingo this episode and I love Domingo <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm thinking that that's the connection with uh, Lonnie's half-eaten Snickers Maybe he learned. Maybe he's friends with Domingo, and oh, Domingo only eats half the candy bar. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> they're both tiny, so they only need half yeah. a chocolate bar each. Oh, yeah, maybe he was saving it for Domingo. Oh. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> I so let's see. I've been giving the episodes. I think seven or seven and a half. So I'll give this episode an eight 
out of ten uh, slithery, snaky diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, Matt? Uh, I will also give it an eight. Um, it's not as good... Like, I still don't like this storyline that we're in as much as the beginning episodes, but it's this was better than the last couple. Um, so, yeah. Eight out of ten uh, boiled heroes. <laughs> uh, Melanie. Hi. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten, too, but I feel like I should give it more because I don't mind that storyline. Like, I don't hate it like you guys do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not- You've not been here. You don't know what it was like. <laughs> I did watch the two episodes when I got back because um, I kind of had to <laughs> but um, yeah no I don't know I just uh, I, I, I find it interesting to kind of go into Luke's past a little bit and I kind of I've been enjoying him like kind of thinking about that stuff and mm-hmm. no I don't find it's that bad but maybe I'm just not really I'm not like so invested in it that I care that much. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm invested in it, but not that, not enough to like be like bothered by mm-hmm. the weirdness of that. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's like interesting because, like we said before, out of the 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 hosts now on here, I think like you're the one that knows the, like is the least fan of like the comic characters, I guess, or follows comic characters the least. And do you think that would be why you guys don't like that story? Like, I don't know. I, I, that's why I find it, I find it kind of interesting. Um, having like the different points of view and stuff. Um, the, obviously, someone who like really really loves the character might find stuff they really enjoy in the show um different to someone who doesn't know anything about the characters um and i'm kind of in the middle but um that's why you should never apologize for for what you think mel no i just i just ha- I struggle explaining why i don't mind it mm-hmm. i just don't and yeah. i guess maybe that's maybe it doesn't require an explanation so i'll just leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to like it Exactly. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 isotoner moments. <laughs> um, and, I, yeah, there's bits in this that I like. I, I'm really glad the kind of shrapnel storyline is over, just because I, I felt like it went on for too long. Um, I love Domingo. We got him in that. We got the awesome hero of the episode, Soxella, my new favourite character. Um <laughs> We also got Lonnie, who was great. Mariah is freaking badass, and I love her. I just missed Shades in this episode. I just, I, Diamondback, I just don't like. I don't like him putting on a power glove and shooting people across the street. I, oh, I just don't. Like, I, I don't know why either. I've got no problem with ninjas running around or, like, super-powered David Tennant, but I don't know why. I just don't like this. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, there's some good stuff. Um, I love Misty still. Misty and Mariah are my favourite characters, I think. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 exploding Misty arms. (laughs) And that gives it a, (laughs) yeah. Both of our opinions make no sense whatsoever. (laughs) 
And that's how it should be, Mel. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that gives this episode a 7.7 out of 10. Yeah. Cool. And I promise I will get all the scores together by the time we finish the episode, uh, the series, so I can tell you what was the highest and lowest rated episode. Hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. So now it is time for me to thank our lovely guest for this week, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being on, on the show. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. And you're going to come back for Iron Fist, yeah? Um, yeah, I will. I just, uh, I know less about that character than I do about Luke Cage, because Luke Cage, I was watching, when I was reading The Pulse, I got to know his character mm-hmm. better with the whole Jessica Jones relationship. My only impression of Danny Rand, other than him being kind of in the background when they guest starred on like, some Daredevil episodes, I mean, issues was when he's really pissy to Jessica during <laughs> Civil War. Yeah, and he wouldn't let her see uh, Luke because he didn't trust her or whatever. I was like, okay, this guy's a real jerk. <laughs> so I realized that's not his regular character. He was being protective, but that's really my only impression of him. So I'm going to go into that one a bit cold compared to the other characters. So you'll be like, oh, they're doing a whole series about that pissy little bitch character. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, why would you want to do that? <laughs> so I, uh, I look forward to being... Um, uh, my low expectations being raised, so how about that? Yay, low expectations all the way around for everything. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And um, where can people find you on the internet? Is there anything you want to plug? Um, I Like I said last time, I just lurk on the internet, although I, I signed up for uh, three different episodes of your Cavalici. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I almost signed up for four, but someone got ahead of me on one of them, so I was like, oh, man, I'm asking for way too many. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's the only place that I'm going to be. Awesome. Other than I, I, making comments on various things. <laughs> You'll be in the comments lurking like a regular old Shady Shades. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so, lovely co-host, is there anything you want to plug this week? Matt and Mel, have you been up to anything apart from Mel being on her international travels? Uh, just uh, check out... <laughs> Check out the Twin Peaks podcast and uh, Matt is Wrong About Games podcast uh, and Hooplecast. Awesome. I recently did a commentary for the movie Dreamcatcher for Hooplecast with uh, the other Matt from Hooplecast, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Where we discussed, is Timothy Oliphant a good actor or a bad actor? He's a good actor. <laughs> He's a good actor, I think. Um, Tammy, <laughs> do you want to mention the podcast that Elizabeth just mentioned? Yeah, I was going to say the one that we've been mentioning this whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fashion cast, uh, a Quantum Leap podcast, kind of, sort of. We're, we're looking and watching Quantum Leap, but really we're just studying the fashion. <laughs> studying the fashions, we're judging the characters for their fashion choices and their life choices, as should be <laughs> <Yes>. done. <laughs> as I do in real life. <laughs> Absolutely. As Tammy also does for all the Marvel shows, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she will uh, now. I know, yeah, exactly. Right? I, I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next week we have the episode "Now You're Mine." What do you guys think is going to happen in that? Hmm. Uh, I think Mary's... Luke is going to kidnap Misty and be like, "You're mine. You're my wife yeah. now." Yep. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any. Uh... He, uh, he takes after his father and he uh, marries both Misty and uh, Claire. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 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 
And Jessica, obviously. Don't poke yeah. holes in my ship. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, Tammy, any predictions? Now you're mine. Uh, I predict that we see Shades come back and he steals Mariah away and fights Diamond back for, for her love. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then he finally gets his laser beams out of his Shades. Exactly. Yeah, that's really where he's been this episode is getting his laser beams installed. Awesome. Uh, well, I, I don't know how you did it, but you guys are all right with every prediction. <laughs> uh, cool. So uh, now it is time, Elizabeth, if you would like to end the episode with an Excelsior or a Sweet Christmas or a I'm Luke Cage, if you like. <laughs> I think I'll do an Excelsior. Excelsior! Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!